This AIM Hometown Innovations podcast is sponsored by Veritas Group, Inc. Veritas is an Indianapolis-based, multifaceted firm that specializes in getting the job done. Its mixed team of professionals from the construction, civil engineering, economic development, real estate, and government services industries provide extensive resources for all of their clients' development needs. Since its inception, Veritas has been working with cities and towns throughout Indiana. The team's extensive municipal experience gives the firm an understanding of how to deliver public projects, while their private experience gives the firm a unique perspective on the best way to approach projects. Veritas brings one of the most unique skill sets to help communities of all sizes in completing their complex projects. Welcome to AIM Hometown Innovations Podcast. This podcast is designed to offer insights, best practices, and innovative solutions for the challenges facing Hoosier cities and towns. Each edition will offer ideas and inspiration while showcasing the talent and commitment of Indiana's local leaders. Enjoy the program. Today's podcast, Hometown Innovations. Uh, great to have everybody with us today. We've got an exciting uh, group with us this afternoon as we're recording uh, our friends from the AIM Medical Trust, and we'll dive a little bit into that. Uh, I'll give a quick uh, background on what the trust is and, and how we got started, and then we'll be very happy, I think, to talk to our folks here. We have the AIM Medical Trust president, the AIM president, and Warsaw Mayor Joe Tolmer with us. We've got Amy Eberwine, Jared Limbach, and Gary Malone from the Trust Service Team. Uh, so very excited to have this conversation today, and I uh, hope you enjoy it. So the A Medical Trust was formed, we're now in our 12th year of operation. Uh, we spent a number of years uh, prior to 2010 putting the pieces together and making sure that uh, everything was ready to go. Um, we had four communities that started out at the very outset. Uh, that was the city of Lafayette, city of Angola, uh, city of Mishawaka, and the town of Highland uh, that were our original participants. And now, uh, you know, we're well uh, north of 40 cities and towns as a part of the AIM Medical Trust. You know, I think when we set out to create this venture, uh, it wasn't just another insurance company that we wanted to, to put out on the market. We wanted to create a service for our membership. Uh, of course, we can't lose money on an adventure like this, but the profit motivation isn't the number one thing by any stretch of the imagination. It's uh, delivering, I think, unsurpassed service to the cities and towns that participate in the trust and also those that are looking at perhaps joining the trust. You know, I mentioned that we have 45 plus communities in the trust right now, uh, but we've probably had touches with over 150 cities and towns since the trust began, talking to them about various ways health insurance works, what their best options might be, et cetera. So uh, we've worked with an awful lot of cities and towns in Indiana and, and hope to be doing so for, for many, many years to come. So if you're new to the AIM Medical Trust or new to the podcast, you might have a, a question uh, about what the uh, AIM Medical Trust is uh, and how what we call pooling or self-insurance works. Gary Malone, do you want to give the, the listeners a little bit of a background on what the trust is and, 
and really how it works and how we share the risk. Um, <clears throat> I talk generally about what pooling is and, and pooling is simply a group of employers. And in our case, that would mean cities and towns who've joined together to provide healthcare benefits to their employees. It's, I always use the phrase, it's kind of like being self-insured with 46 of your best friends. So the, all cities and towns in the trust have joined together to provide this benefit. And the reason we they've done that is that there's really three distinct advantages to pooling. Uh, first of all, when any member has a high claim, and I'm sure that's happened to all of us at some point in time or another, that unexpected cost is, can then be shared with all other members. And what this does, it helps to reduce the number of surprises that we often see in healthcare expenses. The second advantage is that is the leverage that we can create when seeking prices for services, and that's services such as claims administration, network access, pharmacy benefits management, and so forth. The truth of the matter is, is that a large group of employees can simply are simply charged less for those services. For instance, we recently received competitive proposals for pharmacy benefits, which will be reducing our pharmacy costs for, by about 15% for next year. So all that savings we can then pass on to our members. The third advantage that we see in pooling <clears throat> is it gives us the opportunity to create resources that can then be invested in employee health management. For instance, we've invested in a data warehouse, and that was done to better understand and manage our current claims. We've also been able to invest in employee wellness programs, and that will help us to control and manage future costs as well. So those types of investments lead to a long-term savings for all members of the pool. So that's, that's in essence what a pool is and what the, what the real advantages of using a pooling technique can be. And that's not just for Indiana, that's throughout the country. There are nine other states that do exactly what we're doing here in Indiana. Thanks, Gary. Mayor Tomer, I know that I mentioned earlier that you have a number of hats on with AIM these days. You're president of AIM for the remainder of this year. You're president of the Med Trust for many years to come, we hope. Um, you know, most importantly, you're, you're Mayor Warsaw. So maybe put that hat on first and, and talk about how the trust benefits the city of Warsaw, other cities and towns. Uh, and its employees and, and just how it's important for you at the, the city municipal level. Well, thanks, man. I sure appreciate, uh, appreciate that. Um, you know, while I was on council before I came mayor, um, I was obviously privy to um, our self-funded insurance plan and, and the wild swings that we were subject to. Uh, I know Gary just talked about pooling and, and you know, large claims in a very small number of, of um, employees can, can have disastrous effects uh, on your renewal rates. And we were always subject to those wild swings, uh, sometimes really high and, and occasionally low, but uh, it made budgeting really difficult. And uh, because of pooling, pooling obviously you, sp you spread those risks out. Um, you've got guardrails, if you will, on how high your, your renewal rates can go and, and, and conversely, um, you may not, uh, if you've got a super year, you may not share in all of that success, but uh, you're pooling your, your uh, claims experience and, you know, we're all able across those 45 municipalities that are involved now able to share so that these 
bad, bad medical claims years are, are softened quite a bit. Uh, and, and we've seen that since I've been mayor uh, and I think since about 2011 when we joined the trust, um, budgeting, understanding uh, how, how much more stable um, our renewal rates have been as far as within a, a much smaller range of, of, of uh, change. So that probably is, is by far and away uh, the biggest uh, the biggest advantage that, that we've that I've noticed and uh, it just really makes our budgeting which we're going through right now uh, much more predictable. Um, certainly your personnel costs are the largest part of any budget and, and obviously the medical costs are um, typically the largest part of that. So um, that's always uh, uh, it's, it's good to have that security and stability from the trust. Um, you know, we've also seen as the trust has grown and matured and, and, and become uh, more solid, we've been able to um, get into areas uh, of benefits, uh, wellness benefits, if you will, uh, mental health benefits, screenings, uh, biometric screenings that, that uh, all try and, and have that aim of, of reducing uh, our premiums and our, excuse me, reducing our claims and ultimately our premiums. Um, these are programs that may not be available uh, but within our, our medical trust and, and the way our board operates, the importance that we place uh, on wellness and mental health, um, you know, we're, we're obviously as, as a, a member, um, those, those are things that we enjoy. And, you know, I, I just don't think that uh, there would have been maybe the quality and, and breadth of benefit uh, had we been on our own. Um, you know, and, and I always look at this, um, you know, there's no middleman with the trust. You know, the trust is is operating uh, to, to do the best for its members. The board is made up of members. Decisions are made by members. Uh, we're able to nimbly act. I know uh, with COVID last year, we were able to 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 act and, and react as, as quickly as, as we could. Um, but, you know, again, that, that benefit of, of the members uh, running our, our trust uh, being a, a, a benefit to our members, um, again, eliminates the middleman and, and really focuses on quality health care uh, at, at the most affordable cost as we build, uh, build that trust and the stability in our trust. Thanks, Mayor. That's a great segue. You talked about, you know, members being on the board of directors, et cetera. Amy Everwine is day-to-day uh, oversees a lot, if not most of the operations that trust and particularly I think how we focus so hard on making sure the customer service experience of our member cities and towns is, is top notch. Uh, so Amy, why don't you talk a little bit about those kinds of things and, and how it is every day we approach it, I think from a perspective that the members own the trust and we work for them just like we do on the regular AIM side of things. Yeah, Matt, that's that's really a great point. Um, I think the first thing that I think about is, you know, when you're participating in the AIM Medical Trust, it's really a full service access. So you don't have to pay separate fees for a lot of the services such as ACA reporting. So that's the 1094s, 1095s that go out to employees each year, all that required IRS reporting that needs to happen. Uh, COBRA management is something that we handle completely for our members. Um, you also have access to legal assistance through Jim Hamilton, who's been the trust attorney uh, since inception, and as well as things like benefits consulting. So you really have access to a whole entire team that's just dedicated to covering all those services for you. Um, 
you know, we also have uh, our team handles things like, uh, you know, claims assistance for employees. So, um, you know, you have an employee that calls you with a question, you can call into our, our team and we'll help get that resolved and get some um, answers for those employees and, and help them out with that. Uh, we do place a really, really high priority on our service. It's it's really, really important to us. We get to know our members and work with them every day. And so it's um, it's a great relationship that I think we've built. Um, and second, you know, really, we are focused only on Indiana municipalities. And so that is, there's several things that kind of make us unique that way. Um, one example is the timing of our renewal rates. So you know, we release those to our members every year in early September. Uh, we know that that's when our municipalities are planning their budgets for next year. And so you'll have your rates for the following January um, early on in that in that timing. And, and that was done specifically because we know that's what our members need. Um, and we really do listen to our members and have implemented a lot of programs for employees um, based on their needs. Uh, like Mayor Talmer mentioned, we've recently implemented um, a program with Verve Health to offer biometric screenings um, at no cost to our members. Um, that's been a really, um, really great program. We've seen some really good participation in that. Um, last year, we also um, began offering um, mental health services through um, our partnership with Provincia. So, you know, just offering, making sure that everybody has access to those those needs. You know, a lot of um, of our members do have other EAP programs, but you know, sometimes access to care in that mental health space can really be a challenge. So we were really excited to start rolling out more programs like that. Um, and we also do a lot of other things that are just focused at that local level, like our wellness credit program. Um, and then this year, we just also offered an additional vaccine. Um, for COVID credit program as well. So I'm really proud of all the services that we offer. Yeah, I think, Amy, you know, my favorite part is if somebody in a town in the town of Danville has a question and they, they call or email in, you know, they talk to Audrey or Elisa or Marissa or you or Jared. And I think it just, you know, they're the same people they say, see when they're attending a budget workshop, you know, in May at AIM or the same people they see at the Ideas Summit in the fall. It makes a big uh, difference, I think, to people that are participating in the trust. They know they're going to get the answer they need or if we don't know it, we'll figure it out and, and get back to them quickly. Jared, I, I just mentioned your name and thanks for joining us here today, too. Um, so your job is you're out on the road a lot, uh, recruiting new members and checking in on existing members uh, of the trust. You know, I think, what do you hear most often in your travels that, you know, what, what's valued the most by members of the trust? Yeah, thanks, Matt. Good question. And I think, you know, and Amy and, and Mayor Talmer and, and Gary all hit on, you know, some of the, the pillars that that got this whole thing started when it comes to, to what members are looking for. Um, I, I think first and foremost, um, you know, I think members are starting to wrap their head out around, you know, what, what the AIM Medical Trust and, and AIM together are. You know, I think a lot of times um, externally, um, you know, some of the, the waters got muddied when, it, when, when folks were trying to, to navigate on the trust and the service, you know, really we're no different um, than, than the lobbying and the, the state house work that, that AIM does, uh, the communication team, the, the events that we put together, um, you know, we're just another component of that. And I think folks are starting to, 
to feel um, and, and understand that piece of the pie. I think uh, to answer your question on, on things, things that I hear, transparency is number one. Um, you know, obviously with, with the pandemic and the uncertainty and healthcare just being high priority and number one budget items for some of these small towns um, and, and larger cities too, um, I think folks feel comfortable with the transparency that the trust brings. I think you, you spoke on it earlier when you said, we don't want to be in an insurance company. Uh, we want to be a service for our membership. And so I think um, really we do a good job of coming and being an extension of, of the human resources team or uh, the clerk treasurer, whoever's managing, you know, the healthcare at the local level, we come and become, you know, an extension of them. We go to bat for them when it comes to, to claims issues that our employees are having. Um, if there's any appeals or, or anything that needs to get done, you know, we're able to get with United Healthcare and turn around and answer very quickly for our members. And, you know, it is member owned. So, you know, our programs are designed to, to respond to the unique needs of cities and towns. And I don't think, um, you know, especially on the commercial side, you can't find a product like we're able to offer to our membership with that, with that fast turnaround and, and customer service and, and the ability to, to make changes on the fly like, like we've been able to. Yeah, another good segue, Jared. You know, Mayor, you talked about a little bit about it before, the board and, and how it operates. Um, it's been, a, I'm sure as you have, I've been a part of a lot of boards over time, volunteer boards, and this is probably the most engaged, hands-on group and the work they do. Um, talk a little bit about, you know, your term as president of the board and how those behind the scenes operations work and the time and effort that's put in. Yeah, Mac, I alluded to it earlier about the fact that the board is made up of, of members, um, mayors, clerk treasurers, uh, HR directors, and, and the work that the board does, uh, every committee meeting, uh, every board meeting, you know, we're making decisions that impact uh, the trust and impact us back home. Um, and, and it's just, it's, it's, I think that's one of the most important things to know behind the scenes that the, this board, uh, this this insurance, uh, I will call it an insurance program, is run by by the board, um, and and run by a board of of members from our communities. Um, I mention it as an insurance company because it's important to know um, that we are indeed overseen by the Indiana Department of Insurance as far as the stability of the organization. You know, we're uh, subject to their audit requirements. Uh, we're subject to their, their reserve requirements. And uh, it's, it's really important as we stand uh, shoulder to shoulder our board knowing that, um, you know, it's not just something that we decided to do down, down at the uh, uh, IAC office one day with a bunch of mayors. Uh, you know, this is this is a, a product that that is is uh, run across the state and school organ school corporations. I know the bank organizations. I think some counties have these um, these pooling uh, trusts, and um, it, it's just really important to know that we're all overseen by the Indiana Department of Transport. Or excuse. Me, not, not the Indiana Department of Transportation, but the Indiana Department of Insurance. Um, and, and, and the final thing I wanted to discuss is that we collaborate uh, across the nation with, with states that have uh, very similar programs to ours. Um, some states have, have health pools, um, some have uh, 
property and casualty pools, uh, but there's a um, meeting that we go to every year in an organization that we belong to that really guides us. Uh, we're, not, we're not inventing the wheel here um, or reinventing the wheel. We're taking uh, good, strong practices. And, and one example of that was, was setting a, a reserve requirement several years ago uh, that's really paid off and, and again, given us that stability. So, you know, again, we're overseen by the Indiana Department of, of Insurance. We're lockstep with other NLC states that, that run similar programs. And that board is, is made up of, of people just like our members. One of the, you know, as we mature, I think one of the interesting things is, is we get to do deeper and better dives into data and looking at trends and things like that. You know, Gary, I think you refer to yourself as recovering CPA. Uh, Amy, you have an actuarial background. We've mentioned it a few times, Springbuck as a program that we're a service we're working with to really get a better understanding of how data impacts uh, the trust and how we can look at things and make better decisions. So Amy and maybe Gary too, wanna dive in and tell everybody a little bit about Springbuck and what that means and what the future holds with that program. How can we nerd out with the data basically? <laughs> Thanks for tossing in my way, Matt. That's that's the right way to go. Um, <laughs> love talking about this because I, I am so excited about Springbuck. It definitely brings out my nerdy side. Um, so what, what we did was earlier this year, we implemented um, a data warehouse um, on a platform called Springbuck. And what a data warehouse is, is just a big repository where we're able to pull in all kinds of data and uh, we've got claims data, we've got medical, pharmacy, we have um, health clinic data, biometric screening data, eligibility data, all this information and have it in one place. Um, and what that does is it gives us access to just real time information and insights on our population health. Um, we're able to look for savings opportunities. Um, and there's some really sophisticated um, analytical tools that are built into this platform too. And so we're able to look at things in a way we weren't able to do before and just get that information uh, much more quickly to our members and for ourselves. Um, we're gonna be able to do a lot of things with it, make a lot of really uh, good uh, decision-making um, and reporting that we're able to share with our members as well. Um, and, and all the while we have all this information, we're still able to keep that um, private for the employees too. So it's all aggregated together. We can look at things um, at that member level and really just refine down to what, what do our members need, you know, because what might be going on for one of our member municipalities, they may have some challenges there with their population, and it might be very different uh, for another one of our members. So now we're able to look at that and work to design programs that fit those needs. It's, it's really, it's very neat. Just made a, make a quick comment. Many years ago, someone made a comment to me that said, well, information is king. And, and, and underlying that is that you really can't make good, good decisions if you don't have good data. And I think collectively, I would echo Amy, we're very, very excited about the opportunities of Springbuck to give us better data that's, in, that's real time, gives us a better idea of where claims are headed. And most importantly, help us uh, understand what types of actions and, and programs we can create to begin to address those costs and change the change the direction of the trust and the costs of the trust. So, so we're all very, very excited about Springbuck. 
one of the things the last 18 months and 16 months dealing with COVID and, and the fallout and maybe going back into another wave here in, in the fall with the Delta variant, it's made me realize that the, the trust was perfectly set up to handle a situation like that. You know, I think any of you can chime in on this one. We know how COVID's impacted the world, I think, but how were we able to respond? And, and I guess, how does that set us apart as a, a member-owned trust to respond to whatever's next, whether it's COVID or whether it's something on down the road, uh, being able to be nimble and respond very quickly? I can jump in first and just talk about from my perspective on the administration operations side, you know, our staff was able to pivot very quickly to a, a virtual work environment and, and continue to provide the same level of service. So there was really no break. And uh, when the rest of the world kind of shut down, we kept going and we were right there and able to just continue on as, as we had been going before. Um, and then secondly, you know, with COVID specifically, um, because we're member owned, we had that flexibility and control to be able to make those plan changes that we needed to, to help our members during that time. I mean, it was a public health crisis. So some of the things we did specifically were uh, we waived our, the employee costs for COVID testing and treatment and the vaccines. Um, we also um, had put in a change for employees that were on PPO plans. Um, that waived the copays for virtual visits. Um, so, you know, new ways of medicine being delivered um, that during the pandemic really helped keep people safe. Um, and we also tried to make that as affordable as we could. Yeah, I think Amy uh, really hit it on the head. I was thinking primarily of the virtual visits and how quickly we were able to encourage uh, that platform that was, was critical uh, as things just shut down and, and folks were afraid to leave their homes and go into clinics and uh, were certainly bothered by the uncertainty of what could await them. So the virtual visits, I think uh, this was the perfect time um, for us to promote that. And, and as Amy mentioned, we were able to, to give our members, uh, to encourage our members to do that. Yeah, and I would just add again, you know, the transparency piece. And, and we've had a, a relationship since day one with United Healthcare. And so we're bringing them 10,000 lives. You know, I think we're one of their biggest um, clients in the state of Indiana. And so as they were making decisions and starting to turn the keys on things, they would communicate to us very quickly on um, different procedures that were covered or co-pays that, you know, would be affected based on the COVID testing. And then we were able to immediately turn that around to our key administrators and give them the information that they could use to quickly, you know, hopefully give employees a peace of mind. One other thought too is the uh, <clears throat> response to the board in creating an incentives for uh, employees to be become vaccinated. And I think the board uh, jumped on this immediately with a financial incentive to, that could be passed on to members and employees to encourage them to uh, be vaccinated. And I think it was a $50 uh, benefit that the board created um, spontaneously during a board meeting, as I recall, so. Well, it really hasn't come up, uh, but we did, because of COVID, our claims were down some. and. And we found that um, we were, uh, our reserves were to the point where we could offer a premium holiday uh, just in January of this year. And I don't think that's something we saw anywhere else. Uh, we recognized that, that you know, we we're collecting those premiums and, and uh, we're not spending the money because people just weren't out getting care. Uh, and we we're able to return some of that directly to our patients 
excuse me, to our, our members without uh, any any hesitancy. It was a it was a great uh, great thing, and just a perfect example of of the trust uh, utilizing not only its its uh, knowledge of of and and with our uh, consultants, our medical uh, amount uh, medical. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> It was just a really good thing. It was a good thing. <clears throat> in a fancy way of saying that members of the trust are paying 11 installments this year for premiums instead of 12. Uh, and that was a, a huge win, I think, for a number of communities. And that's something I think you see in the traditional insurance market in a, in a for-profit setting, for sure. All right, we're about to the end here. I'm gonna give everybody a little warning. We're gonna do a quick lightning round. Uh, one word to describe the A Medical Trust, and Jared, I'm going to start with you, but you have to answer two questions. One word to describe the Medical Trust, and as we're sitting here today, we're receiving news that the Colts franchise quarterback, brand new franchise quarterback, is out indefinitely with an injury. So please tell me who the Colts starting quarterback will be week one, and then one word to describe the A Medical Trust. All right, well, we're, we'll start off with the bad news, which is the Colts. And I will say that Jacob Eason will be our starting quarterback and the Colts will run 79 offensive steps and he will hand the ball off 75 times. <laughs> the one word um, that I would use would be ownership. And I think, um, again, I put my business development hat on, you know, this is a member owned program and I understand how local governments work and I understand that optics matter. And so one of the, external pressures that cities and towns get, you know, or the local broker or the, the folks that they're using internal internally. Um, and, and I always leave them with the comment of there's no more local than being an owner of your program. So, so I think ownership is, is key. Good answer. Amy, you want to go next? Sure. Um, my word would be service uh, for sure. Um, that's, that's what I focus on day in and day out. And I'm, just, I'm super proud of the team we have built um, and the partners that we work with. Um, just high quality all around, and and I love working with everyone. Gary, I'm an overachiever, so I'm going to use three words. I'm going to use one word twice, and that's cities helping cities. And I think that's the magic behind this, and that is we are much, much better off and much stronger together. If we add up all of our employees, we're essentially as large as we're the second largest city in Indiana. We need to take all the employees and add them together. And that creates stability and helps uh, manage costs over the long haul. Mayor Talmer. I think maturity uh, is a, is a great term. I've, I've seen gotten involved in the trust at a very early stage and, and, I'm telling you the last 10 years to look at the growth of the trust, uh, to look at the, the growth of our reserves, uh, to look at the number of, of programs and, and quality of programs and quality health care uh, that we're able to uh, provide with our partners. Um, I've just, I've seen a, a tremendous uh, trajectory of, of just a maturing uh, young health pool that's ready to go for another 10 years. Thank you all. Appreciate talking to the MedTrust team today on the Hometown Innovations podcast. Uh, again, thanks for joining us and we'll talk to you soon. This AIM Hometown Innovations podcast was sponsored by Veritas Group, Inc.